joining the club, which is the church, is not getting saved. That's not joining the body of Christ, just putting your name on a church roll. That's why we have to do so much follow-up. We got to do so much calling. We got to do so much trying to encourage you to come on back to church. You didn't have a conversion like you need to have if we got to follow up on you to come back to church after you done said that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. Because when you give your life to Jesus Christ and he come in and cleanse your heart, you have an appetite for him and nobody got to call you to see where you've been. Welcome to the light of the world, and this is Jerry G. Martin. It was Jesus Christ who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's calling sinners to come to him, and he's calling for those of us who are not ashamed of him to share the good news with others. Come and go with us today as we share these messages to help us to grow and to be productive in the kingdom of God. What do you do when you're invited to a very nice event and you would love to be present at that event, but you don't know quite where it is? You may be excited about attending and maybe you're told where it is, but you don't know how to get there. How do you get there? I heard about this. How do I get there? I don't want to miss it. When you don't know how to get to a place that you desire to be, your interest alone will not get you there. You're going to have to know the way. You have to know the way. You ever call anybody and say, hey, how do I get there? Now, you have GPS now, so you want to plug it in. But you're going to have to know what to plug in. And if your GPS is like mine, sometimes it'll take you to places you wasn't planning on going. That was the dilemma that the disciples found themselves in when Jesus told them that he was leaving and that he was going to a special place but a distant place. He said to his disciples, I am leaving. And when the disciples of Jesus Christ finally realized that he really was leaving, they were confused, they were anxious, and they were troubled, they were confused, they were anxious, they were troubled. Jesus addressed their feelings and assured them that there was a plan to bless them and his leaving was a part of that plan. We looked at this last time in John chapter 14. Jesus said, do not let your heart be troubled. I'm leaving, but don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be worried about it. Don't. He said, trust in God And trust also in me. In my father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. I mentioned last time that this is the scripture that you hear read at most funerals when you attend. And they say, give me a New Testament scripture. And uh, most times it is John chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. But this is not a funeral scripture. This is a scripture for the believers who are alive and well. So Jesus speaks to his disciples like he knows what he's talking about. Look really closely at that. First he said, trust God and I want you to trust me. Trust in God and trust also in me. And secondly, he says, my father has a house. And that house has a lot of rooms. And he said, many mansions. Can you think of a house with mansions inside? 
many mansions in this house. So there is my father, there is a house, and there is a mansion. And thirdly, he says, I am going there, and when I get there, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, if he just said that to you, the inference is that he expects you to come. I'm preparing a place for you. This is what his disciples had to process when they were listening to Jesus. Jesus is going to some place and they have no idea where he's going. He says, I'm going to my father's house and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And now think about it. If he's talking to us right here in this room, he says, I'm going to a place. In fact, he told him earlier, you can't follow me at the moment. But they want to know, well, okay, so where are you going? And then, especially if you're saying, one of those mansions got my name on. Jesus had said something earlier about going to that somewhere, and they didn't understand, but they didn't ask any questions. Well, they didn't, but Peter did. In John chapter 13, the previous chapter, beginning at verse 36, Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now but you will follow afterwards. You can't follow now, you can come later. Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. Peter was, at least in his own mind, ready to go right then. Where are you going, Lord? I'm, I'm ready to follow you now. The Lord said to Peter, you just think you're ready. You're not ready to follow me now. You can't come now. You have, a, you have quite a few things you're going to need to work on before you can come to where I am. In fact, Peter, you're going to throw me under the bus in the next few hours. You're going to deny me. You're going to tell folks you don't even know who I am. See, this was not uh, months before this. This is the, on the night he was betrayed. Jesus is talking to them in this upper room discourse in chapter 14. He knows I only have a few more hours to live. Peter, you're talking about coming with me. You're going to be denying me in just a little bit. You don't even know it. There are times when we feel that whatever God has for us, we're ready for it right now. And we want it right now, but there is a calling, there is an appointing, and then there is an anointing. There is a process for us to get to where God wants us to be. And I want to tell you that now. Many of us are wondering why God hasn't used me, why God hasn't anointed me, why I'm not uh, uh, filled with the might and the power of God and, and fulfilling all the purpose of God in my life. There is a process, and some of us aren't ready for it. Many times we have to go through something to get to something that God has in store for us. Jesus is telling Peter, you can't come right now. In fact, uh, uh, how many of you want to go to heaven? How many of you ready to go right now? I, I, I heard a lot of people, amen. Well, how many said, I'm ready to go now? Everybody talking about heaven ain't going, and then people who are talking about heaven going to heaven is not quite ready to go. But I'm going to have to tell you that you're going to have to be ready to go. You need to be ready to go. 
one of the problems in the church is the church folks ain't ready. And that's what Jesus was telling Peter, you're not ready to go. My mother wanted me to pick her up or at least take some things out to her car this morning at the hotel. And she said, just call me, let me know when you're coming. Well, I called and I couldn't get her. And I said, I hope she'll be ready when I get there. Well, when I knocked on the door, she, she had her stuff packed and the purse under her arm. <laughs> I think she was ready to go. She didn't know what time I was coming, but she was ready. That's the way it is with the Lord. You don't know what time he's coming for you, but you can't be sitting there talking about, well, I thought you were going to call before you come. <laughs> so I believe there are some of us now who would say, Lord, I'm ready to go where you are, only to have the Lord tell us that you think you're ready, but there's a few things you have to overcome before you can enter in to this place that I have for you. Jesus not only had a place for his followers, he also had a promise for his followers. Look at verse 3 of uh, chapter 14. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Again, the disciples are really trying to decipher what he's saying to them and trying to sort all this out. In fact, uh, if you would just go back and read chapters 14, 15, 16, 17, all of that was on the same evening. On the night he was betrayed, there was a lot going on. There was the foot washing, and there was the talking about uh, abide in me and let me abide in you. I'm the true vine. Uh, there was uh, this discourse about going away, and all of that, the, the Last Supper, all of, it was a lot going on that night. And they're trying to process all of this and what Jesus is saying. He tells them that there is a place, and the place was his father's house. And the promise was that I will come back and take you to be with me that you may be where I am. One of the tenets of the Christian church is that Jesus is coming back. One of the doctrines of the Christian church for those who believe is that Jesus is coming back. We forget to put that in. But he says, I am coming back, and I'm coming back to get you. Now, he's going to come and get us as a group, or he's going to come and get us one by one. But he's coming back. Verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. We don't know where you're going, so how can we get there? How can we know the way? Who has the map, the directions? How can I plug this into the GPS on the chariot? We don't know where you are going. Thomas is saying to the Lord, we don't know how to get there. You keep telling us you got a place for us. You're preparing a place for us. We don't know how to get there. So if we're going to the place where there is eternal life, how do we get there? That's the fundamental question for mankind. How do we get to God? We live in an age and a time of pluralism where you can hear this message, oh, there's a lot of ways to get to God. In fact, one of the challenges for the Christian faith is this, its exclusivity. You mean to tell me you can't get to God except you go through Jesus? That don't make no sense. Pull up Oprah, she'll tell you there's plenty of ways. 
to get there. We, we shouldn't be so restrictive. How arrogant are the believers in Christ who think that's the only way. That's why we have so many religions. That's why you hear and read that there are those different paths to God. But most people believe that our physical death is not the end and that we are going somewhere. The question is, how can I know where we are going? And how can I know for sure what the results are going to be after I leave here? Who has the directions for getting to wherever I am going? How can I get the map? How can I get the directions? But Jesus answered him in verse 6. You want to know the way? Philip was saying, what's the way? How are we going to get there? Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. And then he says this, no one comes to the Father except through me. Now notice what Jesus didn't say. Jesus did not say, I'm going to show you the way. Jesus said, I am the way. In fact, the early Christians, uh, before they were referred to as Christians, were referred to as the way. They used to say, I am walking in the way. Jesus is saying, I am the way. And if he says, I am the way, you don't need any other directions except me. I'm the way. He gets right to the point. Uh, in that upper room, in, in that night he was going to be betrayed. He says, I'm the way. As long as you follow me, you don't need a map. I am the way. That makes it vital for those who desire to follow him to continue to be connected with him and to follow him. I was thinking about that, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I've been in places where I just didn't know where I was uh, in terms of a new city or a new area. And I had to get somewhere, and maybe I was at a, co a conference or a convention or something, and there was someone there who says, I know how to get there, just follow me. You ever had to follow somebody? And this was before we had our GPS and all that. We had to follow somebody. He said, just follow me. Now, when there's somebody that you have to follow, and you're still at the event, and maybe they're still serving food, and the event's not over, he says, when we leave, just follow me. I'm, when I go, just stay with me. I'll let you know where we're going. Well, you know what I'll do then if I got to follow that person? I keep my eyes on them, and I watch them. Now, they may forget that I need to follow them. But I haven't forgotten because that's my only way out. I have no idea where I'm going and how to get there. So I'm going to keep my eyes on the one whom I have to follow. No matter who coming up talking to me and, and want to just talk about something, I'm talking to them and I'm listening, but I'm looking for who I got to follow. And when they start moving toward the door, guess where I start moving? Toward the door. You know what Jesus said? Not only am I the way, he says, I'm the door. <laughs> he's telling us this is what we have to do. We have to follow Jesus because when he's your only way out, you're not going to let other folks distract you to the point where you miss following him. He says, I'm the way. No matter who wants to bend your ear. And let me tell you one more thing. And you see your way walking out the door, you're going to say, excuse me, but I got to go. 
But let me tell you one more thing. No, I'm sorry. I would really like to talk to you, but we are leaving. So I can't get left. You don't know where I need to go. So I can't depend upon you. He knows where I need to go, and that's my only way out. It's dark out here. I don't know the roads, and I don't want to get caught in this wilderness. I need to be sure that I'm sticking with the one who knows the way. When he moves, I'm going to move. When he decides to go, I will decide to go. I'm going to keep my eyes on him, and I will not let people or things distract me. I'm going to engage with him as if he's the only way I can get to where I am going. In fact, I'm not going to even sit too far on the other side of the room. Yeah, he, might get mad, he might get annoyed with me because when he's talking and moving, I'm talking and moving just right along with him. <laughs> Sometimes people are distracted and they're riding with somebody. They don't even have a car. And they're riding with somebody. I say, are you driving? No, I'm riding with them. Well, you better go stick close to them. They're going to go off and leave you. Now, as long as I have the keys and you ride with me, I can just hang out all I want to. You got to wait for me. Jesus is the one. He says, I am the way. And when we understand that, you'll begin to understand all the other things that he was saying. Because in the next chapter, in chapter 15, he says, I am the true vine. And you need to stick with me. You need to abide in me and let me abide in you. You need to stay with me if you're going to get to where I'm going. He says this. Not only am I the way, he says, I'm the truth. He has to verify and authenticate that he is the truth or else you don't want to follow the way. He says, I'm the truth. I know what I'm talking about. I'm not just telling you the truth. I am the truth. The Bible said he came with grace and truth. I am the truth. I am true. I am the true vine. I know what I'm talking about. I know where I'm going. I know what the end results are going to be. So if you want to be where I am, you better believe in me. He already said that. Trust in God. Trust also in me. I am the truth. I am the way. Not a truth. Not a way. I am the truth. I am the way. Not a way. The way. These people come now with this relativism. You got your truth. I got my truth. No, the truth is truth. Can't have two different truths. As someone told me, there are no absolutes. I said, that statement is an absolute. <laughs> you telling me there's no absolutes? Jesus says, I am the way. Do you believe that? I am the truth. And then he says, I am the life. I am the life. That life you're looking for, that abundant life, that wonderful life, that eternal life. I'm all of that wrapped up in one. He said, I have come that you may have life and you can have life more abundantly. I came that you can have this life. I know what eternity looks like. I know what's in the future. I know where God is. I know where heaven is. I know what it looks like. I know what's awaiting you. I already know that. And if you're going to get to where I am, you need to understand that I am the way. If you would read this any further, you would hear him say, well, well, show us the Father. Will you, can you just show us the Father? Jesus said, are you looking at me? You're looking at him. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, I am God incarnate, I'm here in the human flesh, I am representation of God, I am the Father that you are looking at. So believe me, I am the way. 
And then he says, no one comes to the Father but through me. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. Jesus Christ at that judgment seat will be looking at all the believers coming in that followed him in the way. Whoever followed the way, he says, yes, I can see they've been stamped with my blood. They're coming on in. I called for you to come. I prepared a place for you. That place has your name on it. Come on and enter in. You don't have to slide in. You don't have to be hit down and try to sneak in. You have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. You believe that I am the way, the truth, and the life. You've received me as your Lord and Savior. Come on in. Ephesians 2.14 says, for through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit, through him. In 1 Peter 3.18, for Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. And he was put to death in the body, but made alive by the spirit. He died to bring you to God. Acts 4.12 says, and salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. We are saved in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. He says, I'm the way. I'm the truth. Now, he says, I'm the way, because he knows you're going to hear a whole lot of other people say, there's another way. There's another way. And then he says, yeah, but I'm the truth and I'm the life. You know, the first verse in chapter 14 says, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled because you're walking in the way. Don't let your heart be troubled because you know the way. If you know him, say, I know the way. way. When you know the way and he's your Lord and your Savior, you know the way and the way knows you. Then he says, all these other things uh, will work itself out. You don't have to be anxious. He says, be anxious for nothing because you know the way. Let not your heart be troubled. Why? Because I know the way. See, when you know the way, you can rejoice in your trials when you know the way because you know what the end results are going to be. And he says, you know the way. You already know the way. You just didn't know that you know the way. You don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to be defeated because you know the way. And as long as you're following the way, you're going to end up in that place that I've already prepared for you. You may have some troubles, but you know the way. You may have a little sickness, but you know the way. You're going to have some some trials, but you know the way. And as long as you follow the way, you're going to get to where I have already prepared a place for you. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you so much for joining us again as we've been sharing some messages with those of us who are believers, how God wants our lives to be totally committed to him. It was Jesus Christ who said to Satan while he was being tempted, do not tempt the Lord your God, but worship him only. Not only are we to worship him, we are to work for him. We are not ashamed of the gospel. There are people who need to hear the word of God and we need to tell him that Jesus is the way and that he's calling sinners to come to him. Why don't you let God use your life today to reach 
others. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, this is an opportunity for you to invite him into your life. If you would like to hear this message again in its entirety, you can hear it on our podcast. Go to Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can hear today's message as well as previous messages that have aired on this station. I invite you to be our guest at the Light of the World each Sunday. We're meeting at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. That's right in North Houston. If you live in Atascacita, Kingwood, Summerwood, or Fall Creek, or in North Houston, you're in our neighborhood. So come and be our guest. If you're looking for a bookstore, we have one right here on our campus. The Beacon Bookstore, where you can get Bibles, Sunday School, Curriculum, church supplies, communion supplies, or whatever you need. Call the Beacon at 281-441-2885. That's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.